Elliot, did you see this cool new picture of the Justice League cast all together? Uh, yeah, you know, it's the costumes for the new Justice League movie, and Cyborg looks like he's not even completely put together again. You know, Batman looks depressed. What is this? Zack Snyder, you've got the super friends all together, and they look dark and gritty. Yeah, they don't look like super friends. They look super emo. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Servato. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. I'd just like to say, get a life. Geek Counter Geek number 79, Keith Conrad, along with Elliot Serrano. Elliot, following up on our conversation last week, uh, you know, about the unfortunate death of Carrie Fisher, Lucasfilm released a statement saying that uh, they're actually not going to do the same thing that they did with Peter Cushing and try to bring her back. Because it was actually kind of weird, because on first, on social media, uh, people were saying they're definitely going to be doing that, and then Lucasfilm had to actually release a response. It was it was a little little Trumpian actually, with you know them having to walk back something on social media. Fake news, fake news. Uh, you know, and, and and now you even have folks who are saying because J.J. Abrams produces these movies that they're lying. You know, you know. <laughs> well, that's totally where I'm coming from, because, you know, maybe it's just because I've been burned by J.J. in the past that, uh, you know, I, I keep coming back to uh, I keep coming back to uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, where originally it was going to be Benicio del Toro that was going to play the, the villain, which, uh, you know, they were closely guarding the name of the villain, which naturally because it was Benicio del Toro they just just assumed it was going to be Khan right and then uh, that falls through and they signed Benedict Cumberbatch to be the unnamed villain and you know when it came out and everybody knew it was Khan they said uh, you know well you know we made that decision at the very end you know we just decided that it worked which it didn't and um, you know, it, it just seemed to me that, uh, you know, putting the, the, the pieces together in my head like one of those big conspiracy theory wall things with the string and the, and the push pins, I think they already had the script written. They lost the villain that they wanted, so they just went to the number two guy and, you know, didn't really pay attention to what that was going to do to the script. And I think the same thing will happen with this. But... You know, that, that doesn't mean they'll be, you know, in any way disrespectful to Carrie Fisher. It just means that I, I have a feeling she's going to be, you know, digital Carrie Fisher is at some point going to show up. Like maybe as a hologram or something. <clears throat> I know. Well, I, I think I, they I, proved as uh, they don't have to do as, as a hologram. She can just show up. Show up. I find that, you know, there was a bit of, of um, frustration on the part of the um, Lucasfilm folks on social media. I mean, yeah, they, they even said in their statement that they didn't, they don't like to address every rumor, but that they, they had to come and say, look guys, this is, this is not going to be the case, you know, with, uh, with Leia and, and Carrie Fisher. And so, you know, <clears throat> we're still three years away from episode nine. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't even seen episode eight yet, and and I know that there's uh, you know like like Rogue One, there were a ton of reshoots. With any movie, there's a ton of reshoots, and obviously, 
you know, whatever they whatever they decide to change and reshoot, they're obviously not going to be able to use her for that. Um, but you know, her her part is already done for episode eight, so I would imagine they're probably not going to rewrite that. Um, and you know, they could probably just cut down Leia's role in episode nine and just use her for the, you know, the really important scenes. Like I I'm told that at some point she's going to be reunited with Luke. And at some point she's going to have a confrontation with Kylo Ren. It's just, nobody knows in what order and in which film they happen. Now I would assume that you're probably going to see her meet up with Luke in episode eight. And then the confrontation with Kylo Ren was supposed to happen somewhere towards the end. So the Luke one is probably already filmed, but you know, I, you know, I'm just guessing on that one. Oh, you know, it's, it seems to me that the Luke role was supposed to be much bigger than the Leia role. Eh. At this point, um, I'm I'm of the I'm of, I'm of the of the mind that uh, after episode seven being everything that it was, um, you know I'm not as long as they're not killing off every tri- trilogy character, which unfortunately it looks like at least Leia is going to be gone at this point. Um, you know it, it's uh, I'm okay with whatever they do. I don't yeah, think they necessarily. I, or, or, yeah, I, I don't think they necessarily have to kill Leia off. I just I just think you know. She, she just won't be there. As a matter of fact, I think I'd actually rather have them just write the story in a way where, you know, they do whatever they have to do with Leia, but, you know, at the end, her, you know, her fate is kind of uncertain, unless it's going to play into the story. And then, yeah, as you said, I'm fine with whatever they come up with. <laughs> it's all rumor and conjecture and all fake news. Fake news! You know, in, in the spirit of fake news... Um, you know, especially for uh, for the Force Awakens, like there was so much buildup for that that I was actually looking at all the fan theories. Like I wouldn't at, I wouldn't look for actual like verifiable spoilers, but I would look for you know like theories that people were posting on online. Especially you know YouTube is just you know just chock full of them, and they all ended up being wrong. And this time I've decided that I, you know, like I I almost want to take the time to jot down like all these people who say they have insider knowledge about, you know, what's in the story, just so that when they're wrong, I can point them out and say, okay, the next time there's a Star (laughs) Wars movie, do not listen to this person. Uh, We're going to start with uh, Dave Gonzalez of Latino, uh, Latino Scoop. And uh, <laughs> we'll work our way out. <laughs> oh yeah, because he was wrong about everything. Everything. Yeah, <clears throat> I uh, I know nothing about the story at this point, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, heck, I could I could learn the whole story, and I'd still go see it. So it's not like it matters. Same here. I'm 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 just looking forward to some. Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master action. We'll go from there. Yeah, I, I, I assume that, uh, you know, at this point, the way 2017 is, is going, I assume that I'll be so busy that 2017 will just fly by and I won't even have time to be bored and say, oh, I wonder what's going to be in episode eight. I'm just hoping we make it to December of 2017 because, you know, there are really no guarantees at this point. You know, it's... Uh, I saw somebody, uh, I can't even remember who it was. Oh, yeah, it was, it was actually Conan O'Brien. 
uh, who said something to the effect of, you know, I, I think at this point, if there was an, an asteroid heading towards Earth, we'd just be like, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know I'd be that upset about it. I'd just be like, yeah, that, make, that makes sense. <coughs> okay, well, nerd news is, 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 is just getting a little too surreal right now. It's cutting too close to, to real world news. I, I I think so, and uh, but if you need uh, if you need a good distraction, uh, there's always uh, the the on a quest podcast on the the Radio Misfits podcast network with uh, with my buddy Jill Urchek. Um, hey, maybe she you know it seems like you know if anything's verifying the supernatural world, it is Donald Trump's election, right? <laughs> so- yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, could we get the Ghostbusters on that? You know? uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm, I, I've, I've yet to, um, I, I got to admit, I haven't heard their take on it yet, but uh, I'm wondering what the dishing bitches think about what's been going on in, in the political world. I know those ladies you, are, Do you think they actually have something to say about it? Do you think they're, uh, they have strong opinions? I'm pretty sure, yeah. If, if anything, these women have opinions. Lots and lots of opinions. Um, yeah. And then, of course, uh, I don't know. And I will probably go for a little distraction away from the depressing real world with the you know minutia men. Minutia men are good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, especially I, I think we've reached a, a golden age of uh, minutia men because you know with the Cubs winning the World Series and everything, um, you know, especially Rick, he's pretty happy. He is. <clears throat> and you can really listen to how happy we all are in one state or another uh, <laughs> using here headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio. Wonderful sponsors of Geek Counter Geek. You can order um, your audio equipment through Tweaked Audio with key features such as um, eight colors and styles, mic'd and non mic'd versions. So if you have a Miked um, headphones. You can use those for gaming as well as listening to podcasts. Designed to sound great for music and talk. Uh, Noise reducing design. Every headphone and accessory from Tweaked Audio comes with a lifetime warranty. And if you use the discount code GCG at checkout, you get 33% off and free worldwide shipping. The code is not case sensitive. So if you go to tweakedaudio.com and again, and through the discount code GCG at checkout, you'll get 33% off and free worldwide shipping on all the great equipment you can order through our sponsor. 33%? That's almost a third. A third and a third? No. Yeah, it is. Uh, so big news that I'm, I'm very excited about. Variety is reporting that uh, Damien Chazelle, the, uh, the uh, director of Whiplash and La La Land, which... Uh, apparently he's really into music because because uh, those two are very music heavy. Uh, Going to direct a feature about Neil Armstrong's life and uh, Apollo Eleven based on uh, the biography First Man, which my dad is uh, is reading right now and he really likes. So um, I, I think that book has been out for a couple of years. I think it came out right before he uh, before Neil Armstrong passed away. So it's very good timing on 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 his part. Um. But it's apparently going to have uh, Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong, which I don't know that that 
Yeah, I, I don't know that I see Ryan Gosling as an obvious Neil Armstrong, but you know, Neil Armstrong's the you know sort of sort of guy. I think you can you can go with anybody. Besides, when uh, when they were putting together uh, Apollo thirteen, uh, Jim Lovell really wanted Kevin Costner and was kind of kind of kind of down on the pick of Tom Hanks. And I don't know that you could picture anybody other than Tom Hanks playing uh, Jim Lovell at this point. I will say that uh, uh, <laughs> I've met Jim Lovell. I don't know where he's getting Kevin Costner. <laughs> well, and he actually he actually said that uh, he thought uh, you know Kevin Costner just looked more like him than any other you know like A list actor. Which I I guess if you're using that list of people, yeah, that that works. But you know Tom Hanks, I don't know that he necessarily looked like Jim Lovell, but it was enough that you know it wasn't distracting or anything. But he just he just had like a a '60s astronaut look to him. Like I, I totally bought him as an astronaut. You know, even if even if Jim Lovell didn't think he looked enough like him. Oh yeah, no. Tom Hanks is Mister Everyman. So if you were going to have <clears throat> America rooting for an astronaut to make it back, that you know Tom Hanks is the guy you put there. Well, I mean, and Tom that's Hanks, and that's the thing, you know, uh, like Jim Lovell. He was the he was the Everyman. He was the uh, you know sort of the blue collar. Uh, you know, low key, more low key astronaut, and so you know Tom Hanks sort of works in that role. Um, you know, Ryan Gosling, I, I, I haven't seen him in enough, so I don't know that uh, I don't know that he is or isn't that guy. But that was definitely Neil Armstrong too. So you don't want somebody who's too flashy. Who played? I'm trying to remember who played Neil Armstrong. The name of the actor who played Neil Armstrong in the uh, HBO documentary. That Tom Hanks uh, produced. Remember? Um, uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he's the guy who plays the president in Scandal. Right, and then um, and, and he was actually uh, really good in that role. And then Buzz Aldrin, um, his co-pilot, uh, was played by uh, uh, Brian Cranston. Am yeah, I, am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, and I think that was like pre-Malcolm in the Middle, Brian Cranston, or maybe about the same era. About the same era, yeah. So it, it was Brian Cranston doing uh, drama, which um, you know is um, pretty uh, uh, impressive. I mean, this is before uh, before Breaking Bad, when we knew that Brian Cranston could do that sort of thing, and gone on to um, um, a lot of dramatic roles. So it, that's uh, it's you know it's, you're right in that I don't know how you're going to cram. A, a life like Neil Armstrong's into a two-hour movie. I mean, and, and by the way, since you brought it up, the HBO miniseries is From the Earth to the Moon, and it is very good. Yes, if I remember, it was incredible, incredible. I really yeah. enjoyed it. The The production on it, I mean, you could tell, like, uh, with Tom Hanks and Ron Howard taking all the stuff they learned from Apollo 13 and then putting it in the... Um, and do work in um, on that on that um, miniseries. Yeah. Why, why aren't they doing? Why aren't they doing that instead? You know, why aren't they doing a miniseries? You know, for um, the, for this book about Neil Armstrong. It just it just seems to make more sense that if you want to do it justice, and people really accept that more. I mean, do we really have to have a movie based on these books? I mean, don't we don't we really um, haven't we really gotten into uh, a television miniseries on HBO and Showtime adapting books? 
Yeah, they, they've obviously done uh, really well. The, the example that I immediately thought of with, uh, with this was uh, Lincoln, because when Spielberg first signed on to do a movie about Lincoln, um, they, uh, they were originally going to do just a straight biography of Lincoln. So it's going to do his, his whole life from you know when he was born in, uh, in Kentucky and growing up in Indiana and Illinois and then becoming a politician. And it was just going to follow his whole life you know, through him uh, ultimately being president and you know, uh, the Civil War and being assassinated. And they actually turned in the first script and it, was, it literally could have been like 10 hours long. Because Lincoln had had that, you know, had that sort of life. And really, if he, if you're going to tell anybody's life in in any sort of you know and do it justice, you know, it, it probably is going to be you know eight or ten hours long. And um, I you know I thought of the same thing because you know everybody thinks of Neil Armstrong as Apollo Eleven, and and honestly. You know how how could you not? Because that's a that's a huge moment in human history. Uh, but but he had a you know he had a long career before then. He was uh, he was a naval aviator. He became a he he actually left the navy, and as a civilian became a test pilot, which that wasn't easy. Uh, even though he had the experience as a as a as a naval aviator, being a civilian and getting into uh, you know, the ranks as a test pilot wasn't easy. He flew in space before he was even an astronaut because he was one of the test pilots of the X-15, and that, that did actually cross into, you know, into space. And he almost died on his, you know, he only flew in, in two missions, Gemini 8 and Apollo 11, and he almost died in Gemini 8 because they completely lost control of their their spacecraft. And that's something where you could do a movie on that, and it would probably be pretty good. I mean, it would be like a prequel to Apollo 13. I think, you know, when you consider the incredible lives that these men have lived, I mean, we, we really got to be making a, a greater effort to kind of document these things and chronicle them and, and tell these stories in a way that do them justice, because... Um, the, 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 the sacrifices that a lot of these men made, you know, the incredible adventures that they had, you know, this is the stuff you write ballads about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So come on, you could give them more than a two hour movie. <laughs> well, you know, who definitely needs a, 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 it definitely needs something done about his life and uh, needs a, you'd need a mini series to do it is uh, John Young. Who's another Apollo ear astronaut because he actually came in um, with uh, with Neil Armstrong and and Jim Lovell in the second group of astronauts, and he flew twice in Gemini. He flew to the moon twice because he was on Apollo ten, the sort of dress rehearsal for Apollo eleven, and he actually walked on the moon on Apollo sixteen. So with Jim Lovell, he's one of only two people to fly to the moon twice, and then he stuck around and flew the space shuttle twice. And the only reason he didn't keep flying was because after a Challenger, he spoke out really loudly about NASA's cutting corners with safety and they basically grounded him and the guy stayed in the astronaut corps even though he wasn't going to fly again he stayed in the astronaut corps as the chief astronaut for like 10 more years after that and he didn't even retire completely from nasa until like 2004 or 2005 and uh you know that guy had one hell of a career too 
And where's his book? Uh, he actually did write his own a, a autobiography, but uh, nobody else, you know, thought, "Hey, this guy's interesting enough to, uh, you know, to write a book about." You know, the way they did with Armstrong, because Armstrong never would have written a book about himself. No, he wouldn't have. Although, no, we're, we're, seriously, where's this guy's book? I need to find this guy's book. I'm uh, reading this guy's book. <laughs> I, I read his book, and it and it's great. Uh, it's it's called Forever Young, and I'll I'll, I'll send you a link, and I'll put it on uh, on the the show notes for uh, for for this year' podcast, and we'll we'll tweet it out at Geek Counter Geek. Um, actually, I'll tweet out a link to both. Uh, um, the uh, uh, from the Earth to the Moon and uh, John Young's book uh, Forever Young. It's 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 really interesting and 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 really good and and you know uh, as much as you know people people sort of think that you know they they know the name Neil Armstrong and so you know some people may not think that it's uh, you know the most obvious thing to do a biography about like you know like most people would say oh we don't really need anything about George Washington but most people you know I mean really you could tell an interesting story about him um you know I, I i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this and especially showing the the more human side because i know that uh you know armstrong was divorced at one point um you know it, it didn't seem like any of the astronauts had a perfect uh perfect life at home other than you know with a couple of big exceptions like uh like lovell uh and uh, and Frank Borman, who is another Apollo astronaut, they were probably the they they were the two who like they married their high school sweethearts and actually managed to hold on to them their whole lives. That and that's pretty impressive. That is impressive because I don't think any um, none of my high school sweethearts could stand me once we graduated. Yeah, yeah. Like as soon as we as soon as we walked out the door, that was it. That was it. No more. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, and no. On top of that, I haven't even gone to the moon, so I don't know what my excuse is. <laughs> yet you haven't gone to the moon yet. Yeah, this is this is true. I'm holding on. Yeah, you ne- you never know what uh, what Elon Musk has in store for all of us, but uh, you haven't been to the moon yet. Or Richard Branson. Or Richard Branson. Yeah. Um, now closer to home, I saw a, a scientific study that uh, uh, it was both entertaining and slightly horrifying. Uh, the Journal of Physics decided to look at the zombie apocalypse. Yes, really. And they have come to the conclusion that the zombie apocalypse would wipe out humanity in about three months, less than 100 days. And, and I think this is a bunch of bull plop. Okay, what kind of zombies are we talking about here? I mean, um, th- there's a lot to be said because this whole idea of you know, again, a zombie apocalypse is something that some folks don't believe, but I mean, it is something that our government is kind of ready for. I mean, you know, contagions, uh, uh, viral outbreaks that cause, you know, uh, changes within populations, death and hysteria, that sort of thing, you know, it's not too far fetched. But <clears throat> are we talking about zombies that have been? created by a um, again scientific means or mystical means because i'm telling you there are two different ways that they get zombies get passed around two different ways to kill them i need to know what my ground rules are yeah and that's one thing that always bothers me about zombie stories including the walking dead is because zombies are actually so pervasive in our culture that i want somebody in a zombie movie or tv show or, or something to go hey i've seen this movie shoot him in the head 
<laughs> well, they did that in um, in um, uh, Shaun of the Dead. That's true. They they did so. So props to uh, Simon Pegg for that one. You know, uh, but still, in other movies, you would think, especially in a movie like The Walking Dead, uh, in a series like The Walking Dead, where the show's been on for how many years now, and adapting a comic book that's been around for uh, ten years plus, um, where the status quo just hasn't changed. Um, we, I know they've been focused in uh, Atlanta, where it tends to be fairly warm. Um, but, you know, I'll ask this question. I ask it time and time again. How can zombies really be a threat to anybody in, let's say, the Midwest during winter? You know, Minnesota gets pretty friggin' cold. It and, does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And any zombies outside in that cold are going to freeze. Uh, basically, when they all freeze, you kill them. You not you chop them up. There, you've dealt with your zombie outbreak within uh, w- within any cold weather regions. Now, you, you the, fought the zombie apocalypse wearing a coat. That's that's how you survived. <laughs> you wore a coat. Coat and a and a snow shovel, eh? You know, did you bring your snow shovel? So, um, so in this study, they're they're looking at what they call the SIR model. S is the number of people who are susceptible, you know, the people who could um, could get it. I is the number of people who are infected, and R are the people who either recovered from it or they're immune. And the, so they, they, they came to the conclusion that each zombie has a 90% chance of infecting at least one person per day. And if you... Um, you know, if you sort of extrapolate out, that out, they say, okay, the you know, society would collapse in, in about three months. Um, but, but, but they're making the assumption that they're basically saying if you had a super, you know, contagious disease, a whole bunch of people would die. And that, that's pretty much the only, you know, conclusion that they're coming to. But so it seems to me now I know I'm a doctor, and I don't even play one on a, on a podcast. But it seems like if, if you were trying to spread a disease, having to get bitten would be the worst way to spread the disease. Because, like, how many times have you been bitten by another person in your life? Do I have to say it on the podcast? Because I could get in trouble with, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be a problem. Uh, but... but you know, okay, so so I think you could you could compare it to rabies. Um, you know, like in in I Am Legend, which is sort of a semi zombie story. Uh, that's actually like a souped up version of rabies. So you know, even if you have a rabid dog near you, like it's pretty easy to not get bitten by that by that animal. Um, and it, it, I can understand if you know, like in the immediate outbreak. A bunch of people getting bitten but it seems like if you were able to survive day one and you were able to figure out some basic understanding of what was going on it would be really easy to survive again if you're talking about if we're talking about the run-of-the-mill zombies you know shambling walking Kind of like you can tell it's a zombie because they're doing the. They're, they're walking like they're in a thriller video. Correct. So you know you you can spot them easily. That's that's one thing. 
You know, now if the zombies are, let's say, if you're looking, there are different stages of becoming a zombie. You know, like let's say they look kind of like us and they act like us, and they, they the people, let's say the, they're in an infectious stage before it really manifests itself. You know, kind of like a they say you can have the flu and be contagious even before you show any symptoms. You know, yeah, if it's something like that. I could see that occurring. Um, but then again, I do, I agree. I, I have an issue if it's a case where you become a zombie because you get bit. Now that even in the walking dead, they've already said that, um, what's caused, what caused the zombie outbreak is something that everyone has. People have been killed and became zombies after never having any contact with zombies. So there was something in the um, in the environment that was actually causing it. Which I think that was probably an effort to sort of, uh, you know, to get around my theory that, uh, which I assume they were responding specifically to me, right? Uh, because they listen to this <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, that uh, the, that you'd still, you get the, uh, the, the disease without, actually getting bitten uh which by the way if the only way you could you could get the disease was by getting bitten actually if you just had a really heavy coat on like you were one of those people from minnesota you could be like a you know like a, a beekeeper and not get bitten right yeah so you, you, you next thing you know you have people like wearing and you know like uh, uh i say get uh, wear a shark suit a know? shark suit or uh, just strap pillows onto you <laughs> uh, you know um you know just uh hey I, I wouldn't mind this is a good time to get that stormtrooper armor you know you've been wanting to cosplay as stormtrooper uh, armor would work too yeah it's pretty bite resistant get a bite suit like the ones that the folks that uh, train uh, attack dogs you know it's not real mobile but you know come on you know you don't have to worry about getting infected by a zombie yeah. No, no, no. I, I feel like talking about the zombie apocalypse and ways to survive is, is really probably the best way to be prepared for everything that could possibly happen in 2017. Well, I'm going to tell you something, because when the zombie outbreak eventually occurs, which it will, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, Donald Trump tweeting about them and saying how overrated they are. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Abatron.